Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips and the best in alternative music. So it's a welcome back. We've had a couple of weeks um, hiatus and uh, glad to be back with you. My name is Martin Matthews. Um, you can find me on Twitter, as I'm sure you probably all know, at SundogMonkey, uh, or you can find the podcast uh, or follow the podcast at the golf alternative uh and as i say we've had a couple of weeks hiatus um been all kinds of things going on my end uh moving house um absolute nightmare but um uh anyway we're back and i'm delighted to say we've got um a guest with us and i think it might be appearance number five so it's uh, a big welcome back to uh dave tyndall dave um good evening and uh, how are you keeping hello again yes number five do i get some sort of lifetime achievement award or... oh, i think you do yes yeah um uh yeah, yeah. F five gold stars or, or something but um it, it's a pleasure to have you back on and i know uh before we get into the golf you're in the good good spirits today having um uh probably won't mean too much to our uh, overseas followers but you uh w witnessed um the uh football yesterday and um ha a happy liverpool fan today i believe yes uh not 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 been too many occasions this season where we will be able to say that but uh no, I'm pretty sure people listening all around the world will uh, be well aware of Liverpool in the Premier League. So a yeah. bit of a sticky start, but um, we thrashed Rangers 7-1 in the Champions League. And I think that helped yesterday beat beat the so-called invincible Manchester City, who everyone's going on about. And yet it's Arsenal who are the top of the table by four points. Yeah, I, know, I sort of noticed that. And uh, obviously we're not a football podcast here, but I did notice that everyone's saying that... Uh... Man City are unbeatable, and uh, obviously Haaland's a bit of a, a sort of um, yeah freak freak of nature scoring wise. But um, uh, yeah, they're not actually top of the table, are they? But uh, a, a long way to go, obviously. And uh, um, I, I guess the question to ask though is: You're a happy Liverpool fan for yesterday, but are you a happy golf fan after last weekend? Because I didn't, uh, to be honest, I didn't get a chance to glance at your tips last week. So uh, was um, uh, was was the Zozo or indeed the Andalusia Masters uh, making it a, a double happy day for you yesterday? Well, it was sort of some good and some bad on the week because at the start of the week uh, at Valderrama, I'd put up um, Soren Kjelsen for first-round leader. Right. And he was one of five first-round leaders. So I, okay. so I put him up at 80-1. to one. Obviously, the, the win element gets a bit hammered. But they're still, what, 14-1 to one, um, once you've fisted it. Yeah. And... Um, was it 15, 16 to 1? Um, yep. And then obviously you get, you get the full each way element as, as well. So that kind of paid for that tournament. So that was good. In the Zozo, on the late podcast I do, uh, on a Wednesday, mm. my one pick was Victor Hovland each way. So he ran into a play, so that was okay. Um, and then I do another preview for WSN. Yeah, and where I pick some of the other markets, which I don't normally go into on my bet for preview. So my match bet was Keegan Bradley to beat Tommy Fleetwood. So I mean, he beat him with like I don't know, sixteen shots. I know yeah, so you, you weren't sweating on that one, were you? So. No, I was like, yeah, no need to go and win the tournament for goodness' sake. Um, but so that was easy, and I, I, I had Tom Hoagie for a top ten. So right. I think he. So overall, I came out winning. Um, but the outright bet fair tips didn't quite. Uh, get it done um but yeah a decent enough week a profitable week and yourself 
Uh, yeah, I um, uh, my outright picks, to be honest, at halfway, I mean, I've, had a, I've had a torrid start to the season. The first three weeks um, had been, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say my players were playing badly, but it was just uh, sort of carrying on from where we lo- left off end of last season, which was um, going into Sunday, things didn't just quite go your way so a perfect example was I was on um, uh, SH Kim um, the week before I'm trying to get this right uh, in the events um, chronological order as it were Uh, I was on SH Kim um, in um, at the Sanderson's I believe it was uh, and uh, he faded out of the places on the Sunday at big odds and then of course the following week uh, he goes and pops up in um, Vegas and nicks a place at big odds so uh, uh, similarly I was on um, uh, Putnam in Vegas, and he sunk out of the places, uh, and then he came uh, came good um, uh, this week and uh, got in the places. So it's it's been sort of a case of nearlies, but at least this week I um uh, I I managed to sort of pretty much cover myself because I was on Thigala uh, at fifties um, uh, each way. So uh, he, uh, he he bagged two thirds of the place money, tied um tied fifth with a couple of others. So uh, and at halfway it wasn't looking that good, and then he came through with the sixty three on Saturday. So uh, so it was a case of no no damage done really, and hopefully a bit of a turning point and uh, onwards and upwards for the season. But um, yeah, I didn't. I mean, Bradley was one for the one for the course form, current form, wasn't he? Really, it was just sort of all, all there in front of you, as it were. And um, uh, obviously, uh, a lot of people were on him. Um, but um, yeah, he's someone I was always a little bit wary of. So uh, uh, it wasn't. Um, yeah, I missed out there, unfortunately. Uh, what about over in Andalusia? What did you make of uh, the first Live Rebel winning over there? Yeah, um, I must have. I'd sort of forgotten that he was until I started seeing the stories. When he opened up the big uh, lead that the DP World Tour maybe weren't tweeting about him as much as they might have done mm-hmm. had he not done that. <laughs> so um, I guess it was going to happen. Uh, I saw some of your tweets about, well, why did he, why did he leave, and why did he, why was he allowed back? And I mean, are you, are you fully okay with? What yeah, I'm not. I mean, I mean, obviously the, the the allowed back bit. Um, of course, the you know the DP World Tour didn't ban the players, did they? So they can come, you know, they can come and go as they they please to a certain extent. But uh, but I'm still not. I mean, I got a few replies on Twitter, and I'm sure the you, you know the, they were pretty much um, it, on on the money, as it were. But um, the general consensus seemed to be that he only well, it was it seemed to be a choice of he only signed a deal for three events uh, or he played three events and then decided to sort of step away and you, you know whilst he could go back um he he sort of seems to be happier back on the dp world tour or something so so i suppose the short answer is no i'm not completely au fait so I don't, can, no. can you shed any light on it at all or all, all, all i could think of was that um by the time that they've gathered up more players how's he ever going to get in the field so <laughs> did he realize that i don't know yeah, I mean, he's, he's, you know, you think how's he necessarily going to get back now? And I suppose his world ranking is going to be going up, of course, with um, uh, with, with with that win. But uh, I mean, he's certainly higher ranked than some of the other guys um, who are, of course, um, you, you know, still out there playing. Yeah, your, your obvious sort of uh, uh, Chase Ketkas, etc. Et, et so, um, uh, so he's certainly not been ditched purely on his world world ranking. You know, he's high, higher ranked than sort of you know. I mean, obviously, I'm not necessarily talking about the chap who won the last one. 
Ch Chikara was it? This the um the the, the, the uh, youngster who's just turned pro, but you know you know oh, yeah. sort of Piot and um, um God, there's a couple of others I can't remember because they've been. Don't, don't ask me about anything. Yeah, yeah, so, I'm so, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Wins each week. I someone texts me, my mate uh, texts me every so often, say, "I see so and so one." I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty much like, I mean, you can't, I guess if you're on Twitter, on golf, you can't completely avoid who's who's won. Even, um, even then, though, it, it's quite easy to miss it. Because, yeah, yeah, because yeah. The conversations aren't really around who's won it. Yeah. Yeah, but I had to laugh. I mean, I saw um, Kepka, who who I did see, obviously one one this week. But I mean, that's literally all I could tell you. I couldn't tell you who was second or third or anything like that. So, um, but Kepka won, and and he was grumbling somewhere along the way about um, saying that uh, it, it's a shame his game's really come around now, and it's a real shame there's only one more tournament before we get this massive break or something. Uh, so, um, you, you, you know, I couldn't resist pointing out. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, uh, he, he's the one who sort of wanted to play less golf, more time with the family and all this kind of thing. And uh, uh, obviously that's the thing about, you know, the live schedule. All right, you're going to play 14 events next year, but those 14 events are where they are. Uh, and if you happen to be injured for the first few or something, then you're only going to get seven or eight golf tournaments in the year. You can't sort of fill your schedule up later in the year, play a few, you know, if he was on the... Uh, PGA Tour now, and he felt really good, and he'd been injured earlier in the year. He could now go and go and play sort of three of the next five weeks or something like that. But um, uh, yeah, you, you know, you haven't got that flexibility, so he's, he's he's made his bed as it were. But I'm sure he's not too bothered about it with uh, how much he won. Don't know. So yeah, well, uh, I I sometimes have the odd thought, such really like basic back to basics thought, such as why who who thought it was clever or who thought it was more appealing to play one less round what's the I still have, is that have i missed that why is it i could understand if they'd i don't know like had two greens or made it nine holes something but what what does one less round sort of how does that make it more exciting to a young kid um i guess we're in that sort of era just to, you know cricket's the obvious comparison isn't it you're sort of in that era of of sort of afraid dumbing it down a bit, shortening it a bit, making it more of a TV product, etc. So, maybe... why is why is one last day making it more exciting than? I'm not saying yeah, know. Yeah, and obviously the shotgun start thing wraps it all up in four hours for a TV window, doesn't it? Or four and a half hours. So, um, so I don't know, Dave. I mean, to me, it doesn't. You know, uh, it's not. Um, I don't want to sound like an old fuddy duddy, but it's not. Uh, uh, proper golf to me, you know. So um, yeah, it's, it's each each their own, and if there's a market for it, and they want to, people want to watch it, and people want to play on it, fine. But just don't pretend it is what it isn't, and you know, don't pretend you're there for anything other than the money, and um, and let them get on with that, and uh, you know, just similarly, someone who goes and sits at the Crucible for 17 days each each year might not have any interest in the. Uh, the, the one day shootout sort of thing so uh you know the one frame shootout snooker shootout or whatever yeah. so so um yeah so anyway i think that's enough to live golf for one week so <laughs> um we shall move on but uh the only other thing i took away from last week's golf was did you spot fred couples shot 60 yesterday did you, did you yes i saw his scorecard yeah well amazing yeah. finished with seven straight birdies did he or something like that i think i saw but um yeah he was uh, uh shot his age by uh, or under his age by three which is some going so, uh, <laughs> yeah 
good for him. So um, anyway, I've got, uh, as, as regular listeners will know, we have some tunes. Uh, and um, of course, we'll be putting the playlist out on Spotify afterwards. Uh, and uh, I thought um, we should have something that uh, um, loosely relates to Keegan Bradley. Uh, so my, my sort of um, loose connotation to Keegan Bradley was that he was born in a place called Woodstock in Vermont, uh, which isn't, um, I, I don't believe is obviously the Woodstock, but obviously when you're a music fan and you hear the phrase Woodstock, you uh, uh, think Woodstock. Um, so I've gone with a song by The Who purely because they were on the Woodstock bill. So uh, one of the main acts on, on, on the Woodstock bill. Um, and um, I don't know where you stand on The Who, Dave. I'd probably, I imagine you're probably a bit of a fan because I know you, you love your 60s music. But I've I've gone for I Can See For Miles purely on the basis that it's um, pretty much um, one of my favourite Who songs. So, And it's from the 1967 album The Who Sell Out. Um, you're a yeah. Who fan? I am a Who fan. Um, I was going to say when you said Woodstock to to uh, the younger listener, they might be thinking, "Oh no, Woodstock! That one in nineteen ninety nine, whenever it was." Uh, yeah, yeah I, I like the original Woodstock. Um, I'm probably um, my favourite Who period is their kind of like early mod period when they've got them singles. Anyhow, um, can't explain. I always get the anyhow one wrong. In the anyhow, anywhere, any something or other. Um, I like that early period, but I do, I do like um, a lot of their albums. I've seen them actually. Um, they played at Howard House in Leeds um, blah, about fifteen years ago, right? And, and all the kind of mod boys turned up on the scooter, so that was quite a, a sight seeing them there. Um, and yeah, uh, big fan of the Who. So that that song's a classic one you've picked. I, I like that one. Excellent. Glad you get the stamp of approval. So, uh, so that's our our first tune on the uh, playlist this 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 week. And as I say, I'll be posting out on Spotify afterwards. Uh, and we've gone with the Who. I can see for miles in the honour of Keegan Bradley, uh, who was born in Woodstock, Vermont. So, um, uh, so on to this week, which of course is what we're here for, and it is the CJ Cup at Congaree. Now, the CJ Cup for those of you who have been following the PGA Tour for a, for a few years, might remember is actually supposed to be played in South Korea. Uh, and um, it's uh, obviously um, heavily, the field is heavily influenced by the, the Korean contingent. Uh, and it was supposed to be part of the Fortnite Asian swing. And also we have gone back to Japan for the Zoes over the last couple of years. But I, I think, um, well, I'm pretty certain, obviously we're still in the knock-on effects um, of the COVID pandemic, which is, uh, I'm guessing, the reason why we're not back in South Korea. So it's been a bit of a, nomadic event for the last um three years the last two years it's been over in uh, vegas we've had a bit of a two-week vegas swing uh this year we're heading over to congaree in south carolina which um uh for those um with sharp memories will remember hosted the palmetto championship a bit of a one-off event in the 2020-21 season again when they were sort of moving things around um because of uh covid etc uh so um yeah i'm talking about you dave i'm not normally a fan of um these sort of limited field events to a certain extent but i'm i'm looking forward to this one because of what i remember of congaree it was a thoroughly thoroughly good watch did you did you see much of it last time around yeah i i uh remember um that and I, I thought yeah when i when i saw this week's uh tournament i thought where are they having it this year i presume it was back in vegas uh so when i saw it was congaree the little bulbs went off in my mind i went oh that's where they held that 
Palmetto, isn't it? When um, Garrick Higo somehow won. Um, he did. I'll come on to it in a, in a bit, but I, one of the main um, memories I have from that tournament um, is Higo and um, Wilco Nienaber, both. I think they were both in the top four at halfway. And it was like, what? <laughs> what? Because Nienaber had actually said he didn't even know how to register for a PGA tournament. He turned up and didn't know what to do. <laughs> but to see him suddenly playing really well there, it just seemed like one of those ones where they were both a fish out of water and yet both were excelling. And then Higo, of course, goes on to win. And then you're thinking, maybe current form is the answer to everything in life because he'd obviously had that stretch, hadn't he, in Spain where he'd won. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was a brave, I think a couple of people did back him, but I thought it was quite a brave call to think he could then just pick up that form and continue it on a on a PGA tour track and then go and win. But he did just that, didn't he? Uh, so yeah, it was a good week that. Quite, it quite was memorable. a good week. Yeah. And he, and he, he edged it by a shot, didn't he? I think it was about six or seven players tied for second, second place. And, and again, from what I can remember, and obviously the, the leaderboard sort of reflects this, that, that you know, they couldn't run away on that course, uh, you know, get you know, with a new course, you never really know what to expect. There's a couple of drivable par fours and, you know, there might've been a view, I, mean, I can't remember exactly what the view was going into the week, but there might've been a view that um, uh, it might be overpowered a bit, but um uh, it, it proved a good test, and um, I'm anticipating it'll be pretty firm and fast this week because uh, uh, it seems pretty dry, been pretty dry in the, the lead-in so in the last week or so, and, and uh, doesn't look like to be any rain in the forecast. So, um, so hopefully we should um, get get a good event. And um, the course, just to touch on that, it's a seven seven thousand six hundred odd yard long course. Um, Par 71, which uh, again, Pat's might made, made us think last time around that uh, it could have been a bit of a bombers sort of uh, paradise. There might have been advantage to bombers, but obviously the leaderboard didn't reflect that. Uh, it's Tom Fazio design. Um, uh, plenty of other Fazio uh, uh, courses or redesigns out uh, out in play. Quail Hollow is a Fazio redesign. Obviously, we have the President's Cup recently. Uh, the Corrales and Puerto Rico courses. Um, uh, we've got the last two. Um, uh, Vegas courses for this event were both Fazio courses, so pl plenty of Fazio um, uh, form uh, to look at, as it were. And um, the course was described prior to the last event as being uh, something that was designed to have a feel of Royal Melbourne, um, with um, trees removed um, and instead of rough, plenty of sand, uh, sort of open, you, you know some sort of openness off the tee as it were so um uh that sort of linksy feel obviously as, as it were so is that what is that sort of thing you, you're looking at was that your impression of it dave sort of going down that linksy route possibly sort of vaguely i'm not really um i've not really sort of gone in I've, so my preview is out i've not really um mentioned links a lot although perhaps it was at the back of my mind because a couple of my picks certainly would uh play into that um there was a few players in, in that six-way tie for second with uh, South Carolina, North, well, I think North Carolina links. Yeah. Chesson Hadley and Doc Redman. Yeah. Um, and the stats were quite confusing. I, I had a look at um, what maybe element was key. And you've got Chesson Hadley was basically hopeless but brilliant with his putter. Mm -hmm. He gained nine shots on the greens. And Tyrrell Hatton who also finished tied second, lost three strokes on the greens. So, so Hatton gave Hadley 12 shots on the greens. Yeah. 
both finished runner up. Um, generally, I, I think it was a a tee to green contest. Most of the, apart from Hadley, pretty much. Well, so looking at those, say top seven, so Higo and the six runners up, that group of seven contained numbers one, two, three, four, and eight in the tee to green stats. So I think more than putting, that seemed to be uh, the crucial element. A, a few did it by putting, but there was a few in there who actually had negative SGP figures, such as Hatton, um, Hudson Swafford. Higo putted reasonably well. Uh, but I think I think short game was quite important as well. Strokes gained around the green. Because uh, they've got they've, some of them have got runoff areas, haven't they? So it, there was quite an emphasis on that. Yeah. So... Yeah, I didn't make too many links with other courses. I just kind of looked at, at this one and maybe the area that it's in. I, I did a quick Google map and, and noticed that it was less than a, less than an hour's drive from Hilton Head, for example. Yeah, yeah. And a little, a little bit more towards the Georgia side um, of that. So um, players who have got those Carolina connections or maybe even Florida and Georgia were ones that I looked at because it's Bermuda grass, isn't it? The, the yeah, green. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so a few things there, but um, I, I've I've got my preview out, and I and I believe you have, and I we don't know each other's picks. Do we, we don't. We go, we're going in blind here, so we could be matching on a bunch, or uh, um, yeah, or we might be going down a completely different route. Um, I mean, just to come back to what you're saying about the correlating courses, and uh, the, the one course, and, and I know this is a far different quality field we're seeing here this week compared to what we normally get this other event, but the one track that seemed to sort of leap out to me was was the Corrales track, um, which again, um, obviously is, um, is a Fazio. Uh, Swafford um, has been a bit of a master there uh obviously won it once and uh um performed well there again uh a couple of the others uh lipsky um vegas has um performed there well there as well so uh that that sort of um uh, leapt out to me a little bit and i suppose the other thing and um i was sort of desperately looking for an angle to possibly back a south african uh and um i i was sort of contemplating bez and fritelli who were the sort of two south africans in there because of course there was three south africans in in that field that week and they all finished in the top 14 which if you then sort of think about that sort of perhaps firm fast sort of aussie style of track that obviously plays into your sort of um uh, your south africans as well so uh i did wonder if that was a bit of a coincidence or not um uh, because, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting because uh i i had that same thought and so i tried to sort of backfit a reason why that might have happened um so i i, I have picked a south african right okay so um we should we shall we shall see which one it is then so uh yeah um okay so um as i say we're expecting a warm a warm dry week so good conditions should be a good watch um the betting market uh uh obviously rory um is um uh favorite uh i say obviously i mean john rahm comes in in great form as well having won in his last start but uh Rory, who's the defending champion, albeit totally different track, of course. He, he comes in as favourite, and um, he seems to be pretty much in the top five every every week he plays, just about. So uh, you'd expect a strong defence from him. And um, uh, Ram um, of the two, Ram quite interested me as well, uh, because, again, he, he tends to like this sort of um, uh, this type of test. So... Uh, um, 
yeah, so so they're, they're sort of uh, leading the market. And obviously, you've got the likes of um, Thomas and Scheffler uh, coming in just behind them. So, yeah, a really good quality field. But um, um, let's get into the picks. Actually, no, let's not get into the picks because before we get into the picks, I'm going to throw another tune in. And it is my um, my CJ Cup tune, my Congaree tune, as it were. So, um, Dave, if I had to ask you um, what the best TV show is of all time, what what would um, uh, would you be going in traditional fashion? Would you be going The Wire, The West Wing, or Breaking Bad, or, or none of those? Yeah, I've, I've sort of missed out on some of those. I've, I've seen. I get too daunted by how many there is to watch. I've, okay. I think I've seen the first two series of Breaking Bad. What were the other two you mentioned? The Wire, no. The Wire and West, the West Wing. West Wing. As I kind of know what it is, but I don't think I've ever sat down and properly watched it. Oh, you it. must do, yeah. That's, uh... But how many series? You're going to tell me that there's a thousand episodes? Um, not that many, though. Uh, I think, God, I can't so long since I watched it. I think there's six or seven seasons, something like that. So, um, seasons, but, uh, season, five yeah. or six seasons. But uh, that, anyway, that gets the nod to me, the best TV show with the West Wing. Okay. I think my maybe my attention span isn't as good as it, as it might be. I, I like to. Maybe I was brought up on sort of faulty towers and things where you know there's six episodes in a series. There's probably only going to be two series, like The Office, like Ricky Gervais always said. Throw in a Christmas special, and, I, and then I just keep watching them over and over, rather than 95 episodes of something else. Well, I know I'm, I'm missing out. It's my own fault for I'm missing out on some great TV, but I never quite find the time for it all. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm a, I like me telly. But, um, uh, yeah, if I get into a Book set, then um, I can get a bit um, glued to it over time. But the West, I mean, it's years since I watched the West Wing, although I've revisited bits of it occasionally. But uh, it has the best, it's the best, my, yeah, it's the best TV show to me, and it has the best episode of TV in it as, as well. Um, which um, uh, for West Wing aficionados is uh, uh, the two cathedrals episode at the end of season two, which um, I think is sort of widely considered to be the best episode in it um but uh, anyway there is a character in it called cj who is the press secretary uh cj craig and um uh she's um she, cj is a lady uh and in the west wing one of her um famous scenes is where she lip syncs a song called the jackal um anyone who's ever seen the west wing will, will know this it's a very famous um scene it's um i think it's in towards the end of season one uh and uh, i will put this clip out of it on youtube uh and uh, anyway she lip syncs this song called the jackal so in honor of CJ uh, and the greatest TV show ever, I have put in uh, a song that's not particularly alternative, but is by um, an artist who I know nothing about called Ronnie Johnson, and it's a bit of a jazzy fusion type sort of thing, and um, it's called The Jackal, uh, and uh, anyone who's a West Wing fan will recognise this song when um, it comes out on the pod later. So, um, do you? Um, we probably lost half of this already because we haven't got to the golf picks yet. But do you want to? Um, do you want to pick a tune before we get into the golf picks, Dave? Do you want to give us your first song for the week? Okay. Didn't Didn't Ronnie Johnson play for Man United? He but, did, I think. Yeah, he was Swedish, uh, yeah, but it's a different one, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's It's funny in it the uh, the CJ references. So you You've gone for. Um, Someone off the West Wing. Is that right? Um, yeah. On Twitter, I've done my annual little gag about CJ off the fallen rise of Reginald Perrin. And then I, I sometimes get reminded, for example, this year, Nick Penny on Twitter has said, shows your age, Dave. Hmm. CJ will always be Pamela Anderson in Baywatch. 
right? I've oh. never seen an episode of Baywatch. Should, should Come have been on, weird, I, don't, so, I yeah. don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> well, I might have seen clips, but I couldn't tell you what Pamela Anderson's character was called. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah uh, so I probably have seen your clip. But I've never watched an episode from beginning to end. I think I can so safely say that. But um, was that her name? That was that character's name, was it? Um, CJ, was that? Uh... Uh, yes. Right. <laughs> so, so all, we'll... all blokes of our age would know that. Well, I'm sorry. Um, she wasn't my type. I was going for this sort of oddball, screwball, indie chick sort of thing. You know, to say that in this modern day and age. So, um, that was that was my type, not uh, not your Pamela Andersons. I was going for your your Kooky Smiths fans or whatever. So, uh, but um, so, are you going for a Baywatch song here or a Reggie Perry song? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going through um, David Hasselhoff's back catalogue. Um, so I'll. I mean, my picks this week are in. Are, to say they're tenuous is unbelievable. Uh, do you want me to do them in any sort of order of tenuous? No, just, just give us one, one now. Um, throw throw one out there. One, one, you know. Yeah, so as I said, CJ for me reminds me of the fall and rise of Reginald Perrin, 1970s sitcom uh, in the UK, one of the, the best uh, sitcoms. I think I think in the 70s um, it will get a lot of uh, good votes in what was the best sitcom. Leonard Rossiter, uh, the main star in that, um, who I think it was the two thousand. I think he used to live in a place in Liverpool called I think it was Bebbington, and um, I remember I stayed in Bebbington. Is it Lower Bebbington or Higher Bebbington uh, at the two thousand and six Open Championship at Hoylake? Is that my little Leonard Rossiter link? Um, but the one of the main characters in. Uh, the Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin was CJ. Uh, so I have kind of riffed off that a little bit. Um, and then, so that's going to come into some of my other picks. But for now, I'm going to go with the main star of that show, which was Leonard Rossiter. Now, you, Martin, are a big fan of Gene, the band. I am. lead singer was Martin Rossiter. Yeah. So I've picked a Gene song. And, and I, I seem to recall you might have picked Olympian already. I have we have had Olympian, yeah, uh, yeah. in honor of Xander Showflay, I think. Okay, yeah. Olympics, yeah, 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 that makes sense. So I've gone for another Gene song that I really like, uh, called For the Dead. Uh, not the most cheerful of titles, but uh, yeah, I was a big fan of them. I think at the time they were they were kind of being touted as the next Smiths or something mm. like that. Um, they never were, of course, but uh, they had some good, few good albums, few good songs, Gene, and the maybe mid 90s late 90s mid to late 90s uh so they're a band that i like to uh listen to every so often um i think for the dead um slightly got an element of a shed seven song to it as well who i like from that kind of era uh so yeah gene for the dead is my first pick Excellent. And before I get any people um, tweeting in and telling me I got it wrong, shows how much I know about the original. It wasn't uh, Ronnie Johnson, um, the Manchester United player. That must have been in the back of my head. It was Ronnie Jordan who sung oh. uh, the Jackal. So uh, so he didn't play for Manchester United or she didn't play for Manchester United. So, um, so yeah. Um, right. We better talk some golf now anyway. Otherwise, as I say, we probably have already lost half the listeners who are hanging on with bated breath for our selection. So um, uh, give us your first... First pick, Dave, and I'll let you know afterwards if someone I've gone with as well. But um, who, who's your first selection this week? Yeah, so I, I picked him last week um, in Japan, and he didn't do anything. Tyrrell Hatton, and uh, I think I picked him at twenty fives last week. 
and he never got in a blow. He didn't do anything wrong particularly. He shot three rounds of 70 and then a 68. Um, but he's 40 to 1 this week, and I thought this would be um, probably a better place to play him in, in hindsight had I been looking at these two tournaments as a, as a duo because, A, he's a, he's a much bigger price, 40 to 1, and, B, um, he was one of those six runners-up when this course uh, was used for the Palmetto. Now, he is someone who always seems to go well on the same course. Is anyone who's watched him in the Alfred Dunhill links when he went win-win second, 15th second, I think, in a five-year stretch. When he won at Bay Hill, uh, the Arnold Palmer, a few years ago, he'd already had a top four on that course when he was just really sort of, you know, wetting his... Uh, he is on the PGA Tour, and then he's since finished runner-up at Bay Hill as well. So a theme running through Terrell Hatton's results is he seems to pop up at the same courses. I mean, he's quite a, a fiery character, maybe just likes that level of, of uh, comfort. Um, as I say, I touched on this earlier, when you look at the stats from how he played the Palmetto, he was brilliant tee to green, gained 14.55 shots tee to green. Uh, that was ranked first, not not surprisingly. So all he's got to do is put them well, and you think he'd, he'd have a chance. I mean, he was 64th out of 68 in strokes game putting of those who made the cut on this course. So I thought, well, hopefully I could find a quote where he said I, was, I wasn't putting very well at the time. And lo and behold, I did, where he said, um, I think maybe after round two, I, he said, I actually feel like I've not really putted well that well for a while now. And then he sort of goes on and said how it helps you gain momentum. So back then he wasn't putting well. Now he is putting well because his last two efforts on the uh, DP World Tour, he was ninth and 13th for SG putting. That was the Italian Open and the Alfred Dunhill Links where he played well. He's, he, he did okay. We didn't have strokes against stats in Japan last week, but he, his putting average numbers were okay. Um, so I just think this could be a good one. Another little... Plus was that he's got a third at Hilton Head a couple of years ago. And as, as I said, it's about an hour's drive between the two. Um, and you think of him as doing well in Florida, don't you? So that, that's Bermuda grass, firm and fast. I mean, he's, on his day, he's a classy player who can win in the very best field. So I thought 40 to 1 this week was a, a pretty decent bet for Tyrrell Hatton. Yeah, well, like you, I was actually on him last week as well. And like you, well, not like you, because you've obviously gone with him this week. I gave him a lot of consideration this week. There was just a couple more I, I decided on at slightly shorter odds. And uh, I didn't want to sort of go with three at sort of 40s or, or, or under. But, uh, yeah, he certainly makes plenty of appeal. And obviously coming back to that sort of uh, comment I made about sort of, um, you know, a linksy type um, feel, of course, we know that um, he, he's more than at home on, on you know, a links, links type venue, isn't he? So, uh, um so yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense, and um, yeah, I'll be uh, it'll be one that I'll be hiding behind the sofa on if he's uh, you know sort of uh, getting it done come Sunday. He could he could well be my my man to follow on, like I was saying, the last couple of weeks where someone I've picked the week before has gone on place the following week. So uh, he, he could certainly be that guy. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised to see him see see him up there, but. Um, yeah, so well, well, my my first selection, I've um, uh, decided to um, uh, chance uh, Victor Victor Hovland, yeah, uh, and um, uh, he is again. I mean, I'm going down maybe slightly different 
angles to you. I mean, obviously that you know I mentioned about the linksy connection. Of course, he, he performed well at um, uh, obviously at um, St Andrews. Uh, he's, he's got sort of some decent Pebble Beach form for when he was an amateur still at the, the US Open, but. Um, uh, he's also uh, got um, some uh, good Tom Fazio form from Puerto Rico. Uh, he's um, uh, uh, placed uh, third at um, Quail Hollow, different type of track, but obviously Fazio redesign. Um, so uh, those, those pointers uh, are quite light. And um, he seems to be trending. I mean, it was a disappointing, you know, Early summer, mid-summer for him, up until obviously he came back to life at uh, at the Open, and um, he likes his golf at this time of year. He won twice, obviously, back end of um, last uh, last year, and uh, yeah, he, he he sort of seems to go well on these sort of open expanse courses. Um, so, uh, of course, um, I mentioned he won, won twice uh, back in the last year, and uh, obviously he won at uh, the Hero, um, uh, which is a sort of pretty open open track um, down the Bahamas. Uh, and then, um, yeah, he, he's um, uh, performed, uh, I mean, it's not an open track, it's a coastal track at, um, at the Mayakoba. So, um, so, I liked the fact that he's trending into form, uh, and I mean he hit, hit all, he hit all eighteen greens on Saturday, so his iron players coming around really nicely. Uh, it was a little bit disappointing. I actually put him up in my Sunday column uh, yesterday for Sporting Life, and he was a little bit disappointing yesterday. To be honest, I I really fancy his chances, but he's a serial winner. I mean, I think um, if you throw in his wins on the DP World Tour now, he's got sort of half a dozen wins or so. Uh, but uh, he yet to win on American soil, so that's a boxer. Um, he obviously wants to tick, and he's not won in the calendar year of 2022. So I think there's some um, some motivation there. Uh, so uh, I've gone with Victor Hovland at 25 to one. He's my first pick. Um, two points each way on Victor, uh, hoping he can build on last week because he also seems to be the type of player that. Um, when he finds his form, uh, he strings, you, you know, I guess like a lot of these top players, he, he, he strings sort of uh, two or three top fives together at once. And um, yeah, that's, uh, I'm hoping he's going to build on the back of last week. So it's uh, Victor for me. Uh, the other tracks are, I should say as well. Um, I, I don't know if, um, I know you've not really gone down the correlating course route so much, but the other track I quite like the look of, um, possibly in relation to this week, is the Concession Club. Do you remember that one last year? That Nicholas uh, course where they they sort of hosted that one off event at yeah yeah, yeah yeah so so that's a similarly sort of wide wide open type track and and um, he was uh, very prominent there as well so um, yeah so uh, so it's Victor Hovland to kick things off for me um, have you got um, uh, another another tune you want to throw in at this stage at all uh, before we go on to our next selections yeah I'll just uh, I'll just um, back up what you said on Hovland I think um if I had a the, the kind of rules of my game on Betfair is I have three picks um so I have to be quite streamlined uh, but I think if there was a fourth um it would probably be Hovland and I'll probably do some other previews elsewhere this week and Hovland might pop up because oh everything you've said basically Martin as well and I thought the price was pretty fair um given yeah. that he can win so much so yeah I do like Hovland um yeah, another. I'll give you then my my more um, obvious tune in a way because again I'm going back to the fall and rise of Reginald Perrin. I don't have to do much work with the uh, <laughs> the first bit of that. So it's going to be the fall, um, and it's going to be their song Victoria, the cover of the Kinks song. Kinks, one of my uh, favourite bands. Yeah. Um, 
Are you a fan? I think we've we've had the fall discussion, haven't we? We have had the fall discussion. They're a bit of a um, an acquired taste, and and some of their stuff, um, you know, I have liked over the years, and some of their stuff, you know, I couldn't listen to more than about ten seconds of it. So, uh, um, obviously, um, they were a. Um, you know, Mark Marky Smith was completely unique, obviously. Uh, and I actually, when I saw you were going for this tune, sorry, I, I completely missed the fall and rise of Reginald Perrin and the CJ Cup uh, link. I assumed you were just um, throwing in a fall song because we are in the fall series. That was um, oh, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, so what? I live in um, a place called Saltair in West Yorkshire, mm -hmm. uh, north of the, in the UK. And they, they have a festival every year. And I, I had a wander down there um, a couple of weeks ago. And there was a, a guy on a on a book stand selling kind of record books. And uh, one of the books he was selling was a book called The Big Midweek by um, About the Fall. It's called Life Inside the Fall. Um, and it's written by Steve Hamley, who was in the fall. So I had a, a chat about the fall for about half an hour. I surprised yeah. how much I knew. I started mentioning like the festive 50 that john peel uh famous dj in the uk used to have like a festive 50s 50 best tracks of the of the of the year and the fallout always had about 25 entries didn't they yeah uh, which was funny so he was just telling me all, all about the book about how it came to be written and everything um and how well he told me to i did buy the book in the end i thought i might as well buy this now um he did because Marky e. Smith, the singer, he's, he died now, but he, he he married a Californian girl called um, Brick Smith. It was very sort of glamorous. And I I couldn't quite. I've never quite worked out how Marky e. Smith managed to get together with her. <laughs> he was uh, he was no oil painting, shall we say? Yeah. Well, didn't um, and I think I've got my my order the right way round. Didn't didn't when they separate, she go on to be um, Andrew Lloyd Webber's beau or something like that, and end really? up uh, uh, or, or some yeah, or maybe um, or Tim Wright. So she she became like a proper you, you know she she became I'm um, now as we speak. Yeah. No. You you. I mean, maybe not Andrew Lloyd Webber, but she became basically a. Um, he's a proper, not so she wasn't a proper singer, but she sort of got into sort of you know serious, serious, serious music as it were, classical stuff and that kind of thing. Unless I'm going completely mad and I'm completely barking and I'm living in another timeline or something, but uh, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> what have you got coming up for it? Uh, so she was raised in Los Angeles, yeah, by her mother. Um, then it goes on about the fall. Smith met Marky e. Smith, vocalist of the fall in Chicago, moved to, because I, I actually bought a record. She was in a band called The Adult Net. She was, yeah. Um, uh, maybe I'm not completely muddled up, but I'm sure she went on and did something sort of completely different, but maybe I'm, I'm probably completely wrong. Got I'm muddled just, up. Scru scrubbled with that. I'm well, probably getting mixed up with Sarah Brightman. She ended up being Andrew Lloyd Webber's bow, didn't she? So, yeah, that's some mix-up, isn't it? To yeah. Get those, so, yeah. It, to, to, you might have got a get-out here, because it, it, later on it says, Smith married fashion entrepreneur philip start i'm right. sure that's not what you meant but it's, it's not what i meant but uh, yeah anyway change of um forget all that nonsense i'm here to talk about golf not the full fortunately but uh, <laughs> yeah. um but uh, i do remember brick smith yeah so uh, i had a mate who was a massive full fan and uh coincidentally i saw him last week when i had to go down to essex and i saw him for the first time in 20 odd years we didn't talk about the fall but um yeah, yeah. um so he yeah, we've, all, a, we've all got mates who who um massively into the fall haven't we uh, yeah. who 
you've always got that mate who just has seen them a, a thousand times. Yeah, and, yeah. and in 500 of those, they'll say they were absolutely rubbish, but they might be good next time. So yeah. it was always, you didn't know what you were going to get. Yeah. But their, um, their cover version of Victoria, um, I think it's one of the best cover versions going. I mean, the, the, the one by the, the original by the Kinks is brilliant, but just Marky e. Smith's kind of vocal style just really suits that song. It's all a bit sort of a little bit shambly and, and chaotic and triumphant. It's just the video is really good where he's sort of dressed up in that uh, kind of Victorian sort of costume. Yeah, um, it was a quite a big hit for them as well, wasn't it? As yeah, it was, commercial, yeah. commercial goes, that was sort of their sort of probably one of, if not their biggest hit. Um, I, I need to backtrack slightly as well, actually, because, sorry, I forgot to roll out my song for Victor Hovland. Oh. Um, and um, I've actually been waiting uh, pretty much all year to get this song on the podcast, so it would have been a bit rubbish if I'd completely forgotten about it. Um, and I've had this tune lined up for Victor, because, um, of course, Victor is known, um, apart from for his great golf, he's known for his smile. Um, he's, he's obviously someone who has this sort of, um, yeah, very... Uh, very, um, uh, shall we say, sort of, um, uh, it's a bit of his, one of his trademarks, isn't it, really? His sort of uh, sunshine smile Victor has. And uh, uh, I'm going for a song called Sunshine Smile. Uh, and um, it's by a band called Adorable, who, if um, you didn't know, Dave, uh, you might remember the name, but uh, Adorable on Creation Records. And uh, Alan McGee uh, yeah. was quoted as saying that Adorable were the best band ever on Creation Records. So that would obviously mean that he... Yeah. sort of thought they were better than Oasis and what have you. Uh, and um, I was a massive fan of Adorable, and they actually reformed about um, 2019 out of absolutely nowhere and just played six gigs and then packed it in again because they just said it hadn't finished right back in the day and they wanted to sort of do something to change the ending, as it were. Uh, but um, they were... The, the lead singer was of Polish origin by the name of Piotra, uh, and uh, he wore a white suit and the rest of the band wore black and... Um, if you ever get a chance to listen to their Against Perfection album, um, it's an absolutely fantastic album. Uh, this song isn't actually on it. This was their debut single. It was never on an album, uh, but it's called Sunshine Smile. And to me, and this is where my weird music taste probably confuses people, this, this to me is like a perfect pop song, basically. Um, it's just got a great guitar riff, and it's just tremendous. It's one of my sort of probably top 20 favourite tunes. And, um, yeah, so... The singer... Did the singer kind of have that kind of Jesus and Mary chain haircut with black hair black or, or black hair? Yeah, sort of. Um, he had a sort of a mop black hair and yeah. mop of black hair, but uh, yeah. Um, but um, it's, yeah, um, actually... it's some claim, isn't it? That they're the best. That's what um, Alan McGee said. But the second album, you're up against Oasis, Primal Scream, Ride, My Bloody Valentine, Jesus yeah. and Mary Chain. Yeah, no, it's some claim, but the, se the second album, the, the sort of difficult second album, was difficult, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't as good as the first album. They lost their way slightly, and um, you know, I think Oasis came along, and all Creation's focus was on Oasis then, and they maybe thought the record company were losing interest, and they just sort of packed it in basically uh, part way through a tour or something like that, and um, all went off in a strop and got on with um, you know, I think the drummer became a headmaster or something and um but uh, uh piotra um or pete pete fidge is um uh he's, he's known because his proper name is piotra 
Vigilowski or something. Um, he's done some um, uh, stuff uh, with Terry Bickers uh, from the House of Love. They sort of did um, uh, sort of duet stuff together, if you like, made an album together, and that went down pretty well. And that, that was in more recent years. So, and he still gigs a bit and what have you. So, um, but uh, anyway, so Sunshine Smile by Adorable, uh, Victor Hovland to start things off for me. Um, and um, I'm going to roll out my next selection as well, uh, golf selection, because uh, it's still someone who's a bit shorter than your Tyrrell Hatton. Um, and that's Jordan Spieth. Uh, now, I don't know if Spieth was on your radar this week, Dave, but as soon as I sort of thought, okay, Spieth lining up at Congaree, and I pictured Congaree sort of wide open expanses, again, that sort of comparison to a Australian sort of sand belt type course and again going down that linksy type feel uh I'm immediately thinking of, of of Spieth obviously winning the Aussie Open winning um uh winning of course at Birkdale Chambers Bay um just loving loving a sort of a uh that type of test where you can you mentioned strokes gained around the green so um uh, you know that's uh, obviously plays in into him hugely uh but his tee to green game of course has been um actually what's been carrying him for certainly last season i mean he's putting um i mean he's still you know like to chip in from anywhere but his putter has not been particularly hot over the last um you know sort of calendar year or so but um uh tee to green he ranked 18th tee to green last season uh and um uh, he seems to be pretty much striping it. And, of course, he went 5-0-0 at the President's Cup, um, which is in, um, of course, na- neighbouring uh, neighboring North Carolina. So I'm sure a trip back to uh, um, uh, the Carolinas. Uh, and, of course, we have the, the Fazio redesign link on Wells Fargo. Uh, well, not Wells Fargo, but Quail Hollow. Uh, so I, I, Jordan Spieth, to me, I mean, we've seen, obviously, seen it with Tom Kim. Uh, we've, seen, we've seen the President's Cup, whether it's, with the likes of Tom Kim uh, coming out and winning or the guys who weren't on the President's Cup like Mackenzie Hughes and Ryan Fox, you know, taking inspiration from being left out. Um, we've seen the President's Cup certainly have an influence over over recent weeks. And um, I think Spieth will come out raring to go uh, on a track that... Um, I think we write up his alleys. Obviously, didn't play the Palmetto, uh, and uh, thirty-three to one was just too big for me to turn down. So th- thirty-three to one, two points each way. Uh, Jordan Spieth is is my next selection. Yeah, it's um, yeah. How, how can I be? Yeah. So yes, I completely agree with everything you say. Um, so again, um, the rules of my game on Betfair um, is I have three picks. At the prices, but he's twenty twos on Betfair, mm. so um, I agree with the Betfair compiler. Let's put it that way. I yeah. think um, you're right uh, to avoid him. So I didn't really think I could put him up at that price, uh, but I do agree that uh, he uh, is certainly got a lot going for him. Um, just to sort of balance that out, Betfair are the biggest price on Hatton, so uh, yeah, you know, you win some, you lose some on that. Um, but yeah, for all those reasons, Jordan Spieth just seem that he will like this track i think there's a little bit difference in a track it's not it's not completely bog standard i think he, he likes that doesn't he 
yeah, a bit of creativity. Uh, I mean, the 33s is, uh, it's only to be fair, available with Unibet for the six places. You can get it with Bet Victor for five places. Uh, but I still think the 25s is fair enough as well, to be honest. Um, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I do, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a difficult one this week because I don't know how much thought you gave to um, being slightly wary of guys who had gone Vegas, Japan, South Carolina uh, over three consecutive weeks because that was a bit of a concern to me. But Ultimately, um, I mean, Hovland didn't go Vegas, so he's just gone Japan, South Carolina. Uh, and um, a couple of my, uh, one of my other guys wasn't out in Japan at all, but a couple of my guys have gone that route, as it were. And that that's a slight concern, but I just couldn't avoid these these other guys for reasons I'll come on to later. But Spieth hasn't been anywhere since uh, um, Quail Hollow, so he, he should be um, fresh and, and, and raring to go. Did, did, did that concern you at all, um, the guys who have maybe been on that three-week run? I, I did. Uh, I did look at the two-week run. So I did. I did look about those who played in Japan, mm. um, and it it, it it so happens that last year the Zozo and the CJ were the other way around, so that, yep. that didn't help. But I did look back to the Olympics last summer um, because that was in Tokyo. Because I remember this conversation at the time. So the week after the Olympics in Tokyo, Tokyo, it was the St Jude Championship in Tennessee. So. There's a lot of players who contested the medals in uh, Tokyo who then flew back and played in Tennessee. Mm. And four of those who came fresh from Japan finished in the top seven um, at St. Jude, including Abraham Answer, who won it. So yeah. I remember thinking, right, these guys are not affected by jet lag. Don't ever mm. go down that trap of going, oh, well, he'll be a bit tired because the, they can get over it. I mean, Matsuyama, he, he was contested that playoff at St Jude having been under the gun you know he would have had loads of pressure on him in in the Olympics uh, so so yeah the, the message there is don't don't be put off by anyone who played in Japan last week because they can overcome it I suppose your extra element is if they played Vegas as well yeah yeah, yeah. That, that would be maybe something that, that be a bit more mm. worthy of inspection but you never know because then as well then how far do you go back? If those are the only three they've played in a while, they're probably still freshest. Yeah, and obviously if you look at someone who's 25 years old or, or whatever, they can yeah. have the jet lag, you'd, you'd think so. Uh, but it, it was it was a slight concern for me, but yeah. uh, Jordan hasn't done any of that, so I guess that was a... Uh, a bit of a bit of a plus point as, as well. So, um, so yeah, speak, speak my second cab off the rank. Uh, who, who's your next man? Yeah, so um, it made me laugh when you picked Hovland because... Um, if you notice last year, uh, the winner was Higo. Two of the runner-ups were Hadley and Hatton. Then I picked Hatton. You'd picked Hovland. Uh, so all our fancy analysis, we're just picking guys who begin with the letter H for the surname, which which kind of, um, that looks bad now because I'm going to add uh, Brian Harmon into the mix. <laughs> Seriously, okay. this isn't my thinking, but uh, uh, anyone who's got a conspiracy theory about H, players yeah. um i'm not helping am i by picking him um i think this one is a bit to do with because it's a new course or it's only been used once then what helped you last year the thing that helped you last year was um current form because garrick higo had tons of that didn't he on the yeah. dp world tour um, brian Harmon has been in really good form um over the, the summer uh so he People, maybe this didn't really get registered, but he was sixth at St Andrews, which is a yep. great effort in the Open. Um, 
he was then third at St Jude, another good effort. He was eighth back at the Travellers at the end of June. And then he's had a bit of time off, um, a couple of months just about. So we last saw him in at the Shriners in Vegas where he um, closed with a 64 uh, to to finish well there. Um, was he 15th, I think? Um, so that was a – so it kind of showed that his – good underlying form hasn't just vanished i think he's now he's used that one as a bit of a rust remover um yeah 15th he was in at the shriners uh he should be ready to kick on again here um i, I said before that i was looking for players who, who've got strong t to green stats of late and um his have been good for a while, to be honest. Uh, Brian Harmon, third at the Travellers, eighth at St Jude, ninth at the Tour Championship. So he's been hitting it really well, um, which was another plus. Um, he also got good form at Hilton Head, which isn't too far away. Yeah. Um, a couple of top tens there, and then 28th, 13th, 25th, last three editions. He's from uh, Georgia, uh, which is the neighbouring state. Went to college there as well. So the, I found a quote where he said about Hilton Head, he said, I played there when I was 16, been coming over there since I was in high school to watch. Um, Brad Faxon threw me a ball when I was 11. Um, it's a great venue. It's a special tournament. So I presume if he's if he comes across for that one, I, I, it's a bit of a guess this, but I'm guessing he's familiar with Congaree or yeah. of, of that type. Yeah. Uh, so... Little bits and bobs really that add up. Good uh, approach play numbers, good tee to green numbers, a uh, bit of extra local knowledge perhaps. Um, maybe And then maybe that will help on the greens. Uh, and maybe even a guy like Keegan Bradley winning to show that, you know, there's still life in some of these older dogs yet. Not mm. that I'm too old, but, you know, guys who haven't got it done for a while. So I thought that might inspire him as well. So I thought 66 to 1. Uh, I think you can probably get a bit more, can't you? 70s somewhere maybe? Yeah, um, what do we got? Um, there are. I'm going to add a couple. It's a bit like you said about my um, uh, Hovland and what have you. Harmon was very much uh, on my radar. Yeah, 70 to 1 with Skybet for six places. Um, yeah. Uh, he was very much on my radar. And there's a couple of things. Uh, uh, probably purely coincident, but can't do any harm is, of course, um, uh, he's a lefty. Same as Higo. Yeah, so it might just, you just don't know, but it might possibly be that the course suits, suits a left-hander or for whatever reason. So uh, no harm in that. And um, he also, um, uh, gosh, it was at Eagle Point where he, he won the Wells Fargo, um, obviously again in the Carolinas. Um, but um, uh, that was a Fazio design as well, I believe. So um, oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. So, so a little, little kind of extra things there. But um, uh, yeah, he was he was very much on my radar. Again, he's the type of guy who seems to sort of, you know, obviously puts well and uh, he's got a decent short short game all round. And um, yeah, you, you can see him sort of thriving on this, this type of track where, uh, of course, length, uh, as we said last time, wasn't actually that much of a factor. So um, it was interesting because you had you had some guys who do obviously hit it a country mile um, last time, um, like your knee narbers who were up there, and um, uh, he goes certainly no slouch off the tee, and um, uh, Van Royen's pretty long off the tee. DJ obviously, although DJ can play well anywhere. Uh, Johnny Vegas, uh, but then you had some real short plodders like Ryan Armour and Doc Redman and what have you. Uh, so so certainly. Lack of length off the tee shouldn't be a disadvantage for him. So um, yeah, 
on, yeah. um, on, on DJ, I've got a feeling he was in like absolutely woeful form at the time. Yeah, possibly. I mean, obviously, he's a South Carolina guy, so I'm guessing that's yeah. maybe why he pitched up. And I guess it's like a case of, you know, the class act in the field, maybe in wonderful yeah. form, but in what was a pretty weak field, um, you, you know, sort of a, uh, I guess, an informed DJ would probably have hacked up, um, but, uh, you know, he was 10th or whatever he was, or, or yeah. top 10. So, uh, um, but um, yeah, so, uh, right. So we've, um, you've got, how, how many picks you got, Dave? Anyway, I don't know. How many, how many golfers are you throwing in this week? So I don't know. Just you... three. I'm just going with the three. Yeah. So I've done two of mine. So maybe you should rattle through. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll rattle through uh, a, a couple more then. Um, and, um, uh, and then um, we'll, uh, in fact, do you want, do you want to give us another tune before I, I rattle into a couple more, a couple more? Okay. Yeah. Um, so um, I've got four tunes, so um, I'll go with, I mean, basically, I do, I do sort of remember that this is a podcast about golf and music, yeah. and a certain type of music. So I thought I almost sort of crowbar stuff in to get the music in. Um, yeah. So back to back to the guy who played CJ, yeah, um, in Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin. Um, his name was John Barron. He's quite a well-known. Uh, British actor, he's in loads of things. So I was just checking what other things he'd been in. Yeah, um, and he, <laughs> this is so tenuous. Yeah. And he was, um, he was in. Do you remember a program called Shelley? It was like a Hugh Bennett, wasn't it? Yeah, completely yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, um, yeah. The actor. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have a he didn't have a, a massive role in that, but he was. That's in his sort of uh, what he was in uh, TV listings. What. Um, so Shelley, so when I think of Shelley, I'm not going to go down the poetic route here yeah. where I could, but I'm thinking of Pete Shelley out of the Buzzcocks. Right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is tenuous, so, you're right. Yes, <laughs> so I'm loving it, but it's tenuous. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we've gone CJ, John Barron, Shelley, Pete Shelley, the Buzzcocks. That's how we've arrived there. Yeah. Uh, got a few degrees of separation. Um, so the Buzzcocks... Uh, are probably my favourite punk band of all the punk bands. Mm. I think, you know, the Sex. I do like the Sex Pistols, but I'm probably picking just two or three of their songs that I like, or yeah. I don't even know that many to be honest. Whereas there's quite a lot of Buzzcock songs um, yeah. that are really good. If you the album, just the, the singles. Yeah, I don't want to sound like Alan Part, who sent the best of the Beatles, but there is yeah. a well a well known uh, Buzzcocks album called the singles mm. uh, which is as it says yeah. um and i think my favorite one is what do i get mm. it's just that just the way it starts up it's just and gets going there's a brilliant key change um sort of about two-thirds of the way through which always gets me um yeah, yeah it's, got, it's got singles going steady by the buzzcocks yeah um, and that's one of the early ones i mean they, they, their first song um, on there is called Orgasm Addict. So yes, that's yeah, controversial. Yeah. But it's a good, I, I love that song, though. It's just a, Yeah, no, it's, I, I love the Buzzcocks. I saw them yeah. live once in the latter years when they'd sort of reformed and what what have you or, or, um, and were sort of, um, you, you know, trawling out all the old classics. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big Buzzcocks fan. Uh, Harmony, yeah, in my, Harmony in My Head is probably my um, favourite Buzzcocks song. So, yeah, um, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's a it's a funny one, Pete Shelley, because you see him in his buzzcocks sort of nineteen late nineteen seventies days. Yeah, yeah, and he's sort of got that punk look. But now he looks like a sort of Butlin's red coat. He looks 
the least likely man you'd think was in the have, having, having set Rick Smith up with, uh, I'm quickly going to my Google here. Um, I, think he's, I think he's passed away before. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't want to get that horribly wrong. I haven't got Rick yeah. Smith horribly wrong, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think we did lose him a few years ago. So, did, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just in his later years, he, <laughs> you would have, you know, what was it used to be on? Was it. Um, Oh, actually, it was Never Mind the Buscocks, the, yeah, yeah, the TV yeah. program. Uh, yeah. They used to do that kind of identity parade. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if, if it'd been one of those, you, <laughs> and it was in a punk band, it, definitely not. And yet, a similar line of who was a Butlin's Redcoat, you would say, oh, that guy. But it was actually yeah, yeah. Pete yeah. Shelley, this, uh, this kind of legend of punk who... Um, that's probably where a lot of these elderly, you know, if you if you bumped to, so I don't know, if you bumped into Robert Smith down from the Cure down at Tesco's or something. Well, he uh, still has the haircut though, doesn't he? Well, so, yeah, but he probably probably doesn't do it in real life, does he? Or maybe he does. I don't know. So I like to think he always dresses like that with his hair and makeup. Yeah, no, maybe he does. But I suspect if you saw him down Tesco's, you wouldn't recognise him. But uh, maybe. Where, where, where do you live now, by the way? Uh, I'm up in uh, up in the uh, Merseyside area. Yeah, up in um, in Golfland in in Southport area. So, okay, I'm just yeah. checking if you work. But um pete shelley was born in lee in lancashire right yeah no i'm um yeah a bit further I'm, to the coast than that you are yeah a bit, bit further to the coast but uh yeah. I, I do know of, of of lee but um yeah um okay so um anyway so where were we were you um were yeah, you doing, so, oh, i was giving you another golf tip wasn't i because you've only yeah. got one left so so, so i was going to wrap up to that the the only yeah final thing with with that choice of song what do i get you can think of an, a golf punter Trying to work yeah. out an each way finish when the guys <laughs> have tied an eighth way tie for yeah well, that, that was that was obviously uh, uh, anyone who was on any of those runner ups here last yes. time out so uh, yeah. yeah good 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 connection um, so my next two picks I'm going to rattle through a couple of mine uh, and um, I'm now getting into realms of players I think should perform well at this course and uh, uh, all my last three selections are, are three three figure odds and uh, I'm going to start with Keith Mitchell who I did happen to notice has been really heavily backed. Yeah. Um, uh, so I don't know who's put him up. Um, I don't think Ben's preview's out yet, so it's not him. So, uh, so I don't. I'm guessing someone somewhere on a tipping service, uh, whatever, has put um, uh, Keith Mitchell up. So it's not just me who thinks Keith might be a man this week. Um, but um, uh, there's a few things that um, drew me to Keith. Um, uh, again, um, it's uh, that Fazio link. He's been um, um, third at Quail Hollow, second at Corrales, uh, and um, uh, he's also uh, was uh, third in this event last year, albeit, as I say, a completely different track, obviously, but uh, again, another another Fazio course over in Vegas. Uh, we know he, as a rule, is much stronger on the Bermuda Greens, which we head to this week. Uh, and um, Tita Green, he's obviously got some length off the tee, which, um, as I say, although not imperative, seemed to, there was a few, it seemed to be that the middle of the road hitters didn't do so well the last time. It was either short off the tee or long off the tee, but um, uh, he, he falls into the, the, the latter category. So he's got some length off the tee. Um, he's got the Fazio form and... Um, he was really solid towards the back end of last season. Uh, uh, you, you know, he wasn't uh, doing anything spectacular, but he had a really strong 21-22 um, as a whole. Uh, he started off um, pretty low-key at the Shriners, uh, 60th place. Um, he's not been out to Japan. But um, again, 
was sort of in keeping of what his game's been doing of late, which is really, really solid from tee to green. So, and off, well, off the tee, but predominantly. So, uh, he was um, uh, ranked in the top uh, half dozen off the tee at the, at the Shriners, uh, even though he finished 60th. Uh, and, um, this seems to be, as I say, a course where if we look at those that, those stats from a couple of years ago, uh, that um, a good good sort of performance off the tee is, is imperative. So uh, the downside of the course, he missed the cut here um, a couple of years back. But um, I do think, um, based on his Fazio record, his Corrales runner-up, which again, I come back to the Swafford link and a few others, uh, does seem to tie nicely here. So it's um, Keith Mitchell, uh, 100 to 1. I don't think he can still get the 100s because I say he's been well-backed. Let's have a look. Uh, yeah, 100 to 1 still there um, with Skybet um, for six places. Uh, and then my second one of these two, I'm just going to pull out the bag now, is Kurt Kitayama. Now, Kitayama is someone who has gone Vegas, Japan, uh, South Carolina, which was a slight concern, but he is, um, you know, a young man in his 20s. So, um, I'm happy to overlook that. Uh, and again, he is the type of player that always seems to, not always, but he's what I describe as a bit of a punter's friend because he crops up on tracks where, um, uh, where there's sort of, again, space off the tee. Uh, he can give it a bit of a rip, um, and uh, but um, the tee to green stats are pretty important. He's been, you know, off the tee. He's been really solid of late. Uh, and um, I, I do like, as another correlating track, I do quite like Mexico. Uh, the Mexico Championship obviously came up for the first time last year uh, or last season. And um, he was runner-up there. Uh, he was runner-up at the Honda, albeit that's a bit of a tighter track, of course, but a um, bit of a sort of uh, a linksy type course or, or people who play well on the links like your Shane Lowry's obviously Tommy Fleet was tend to go well there uh, and he was um, uh, again uh, runner up at the Scottish Open uh, so he um, he's popped up on the right sort of courses for me uh, and I say he's a bit of a punter's friend because if it is the right course for him he's not afraid to get in the mix I mean he had three top threes last season at big prices uh, of course he's won on the DP World Tour out on a sort of again a, a course that's uh uh coastal out in oman uh so um uh he he struck me as the kind of player who would like this test and um he rounded off nicely at the zozo with a 65 uh and uh, as i say his, his long game seems to be performing pretty nicely so that's my next two keith mitchell kurt kitayama um any thoughts on either of those dave any, anything to add or do you think i'm going barking mad on them no i, I must admit when i was looking at um some of the big priced outsiders those two were uh two of the ones i looked at um i suppose there's like a default part of your brain that that's that sees that this is being played on Demu on bermuda and goes keith mitchell mm. <laughs> but slightly I mean, we've had players like that down the years i think ryan palmer used to be one where as soon as you saw bermuda you you, you know it's as if he'd like won 20 times on bermuda but, but it starts to maybe affect your thinking because Keith Mitchell can play well on other grasses as well. Of course, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he, yeah, it's you do think of of that. And yeah, Kitayama, he's the sort of player that makes me think. I wish I just like had a project player who I backed week in week week out without fail, mm. because then you wouldn't miss these big prices because you're always going to get massive prices on him, aren't you? Yeah. Because because he's so inconsistent. Yeah. But when he pops, he pops. So. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those ones you've got to get the right week, which mm. um, at least you're using some decent logic to try and get the right week. But sometimes I just wish, why don't I just put a few quid on him every week and see how it goes? 
Yeah, you know, uh, he's yeah. a Patrick Rogers type uh, selection. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so they're, they're my next two. And do you want to fire your final one in there before I wrap up with my last one? Yeah. So we talked about South Africans um, yeah. doing well. So I've gone for Christian Buzwadenhout. Yeah. At uh, I think. Well, I've gone from the 80s. I think is that the best price? It might be. Uh, yeah, possibly. Uh, I'll check that. Um, 90s if you want the five places, but uh, yeah. 80s for the six, yeah. Yeah, 80s for six. So, um, again, I think you said earlier there were three in the top 14. So we had Higo, mm. uh, Knee Neighbour, who played really well. So there's that. And then why did they play well? Was there anything in it for South Africans? Maybe. I, I try to think back in the day particularly Retief Goosen did play well on Bermuda green courses mm. uh, that were sort of fast and firm, uh, you know, fellow South African, Ernie Else did as well. I think Ernie Else won Bay Hill, Goosen mm. um, won um, in Isbrook twice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, I thought Buzayden who is kind of maybe a good South African on current form. He's yeah. He's not playing out of his skin, but he's certainly sort of bedding in that nicely on the PGA Tour. And yeah, I was yeah. second at the John Deere, uh, which was mm -hmm. good. Tied 12th at the BMW Championship uh, not that long ago. And then this season, um, he's been pretty decent. Um, started off with 39th at the Sanderson Farms, and that could have been better. Just had a poor final round. Then he was top 20 in Vegas. Yeah, Played, played nicely on the weekend at the Zozo, 66-68. Mm. And then harking back again to the Tita Green numbers, 16th at Sanderson Farms, 9th at the Shriners. Didn't have didn't have strokes gained at Vegas, but uh, in the, the Zozo in Japan. But he was 12th for Greens in Reg as he was in Vegas. Uh, so he's clearly hitting it nicely, and, and he's got one of the best short games. I just I just thought he might play well around these greens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you look at um, his around the green stats of late. Fourth around the greens at Sanson Farm, second around the greens in in Vegas. So he's that thing we associate him being very good at. He is doing very well at that in recent times. Uh, so yeah, it's a bit of the South African element, a bit of about it being specifically him on this course could go well. That's the all in all. Eighties was uh, a decent enough price, given the fact that it's a seventy eight man field. I think. He, He'd almost be 80s in the 150-man field, wouldn't he, really? Yeah. Or not yeah. far off. Yeah, no, he, he, as I say, I, the, I mean, I think the South African thing, and by the way, I was talking earlier about Fratelli. I thought Fratelli was in the field, but he's not. So uh, uh, he's not in the betting anyway. So um, uh, Bez is literally the only South African in, in this field. So if you want a South African, he's your man. Um, but um, I come back to this, uh, and I know I sound like a bit stuck, stuck record but to, to coin the phrase again this sort of uh uh the designers attempt to create that sort of linksy aussie firm fast type sort of track so um i, I do think that um uh, you, you know the international players as a whole uh are potentially more suited with obviously some some exceptions to that type of course uh and um 
you, you know, that's maybe why we saw you uh, sort of seven out of the top 14 or something last time being being international here. I don't know. Uh, uh, to be honest, I'll have to go go back to your average PTA tour event, you know, the Shriners, the Sandersons or whatever, and see what the stats are for international players in the top uh, dozen or so compared to, um, uh, obviously, um, Americans. Uh, but the international guys who were here uh fit you know featuring prominently were your sort of you know your korean guys or or, or what have you it was um uh your hattons uh matt fitzpatrick uh van royen higo so so those should we say who have got um good experience on on the european tour or the dp world tour um so that possibly comes back to my kitty yama link and obviously um uh, Bez very much uh, uh, fits in that um, angle as well. So, um, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him go well uh, at all. So um, uh, he, he's someone who's done that. Um, did he play the Sandersons as well, are we saying? Um, did he play yeah, so, I mean, this is four in a row with a... Yeah, with a trip to Japan, um, by, you know, yeah. Vegas. So, so that was something that slightly put, put me off, but I can, you know, say he's a young man, so um, I'm sure he's more than capable of doing it. So, I mean, they yeah. get, you know, they'll have left Japan, obviously, with the time zone business they'll have been out of japan by um what sort of um uh lunch time of you know sort of us time or, or or what have you on sunday probably uh and um uh you, you know back in uh, back in the states so sunday evening or, or monday morning overnight what have you and um uh you know a couple of days to recoup and by, by sort of wednesday probably right as rain so um yeah, yeah so so uh, maybe i'm reading too much into that but um yeah bez is bez i can see, see him having a big week so um and um do you want to give us i think you got one more tune do you want to give us your final tune Yep. So as I said, these were getting more progressively uh, tenuous. Well, it's happy Monday, surely for Bez. No. Well, yeah, I did think of that. <laughs> <laughs> Just why um, I don't like a but <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm not a fan, but uh, yeah, carry on. <laughs> funnily enough, on um, Matt Cooper put this up. He was, um, I don't know, on my Facebook uh, memories uh, comes up. There's a picture of me and Sean Ryder, right? Okay. Um, from a few years ago. Uh, on my timeline um went to a, a film there's, there's a guy called johnny owen who, who's made like a documentary maker yeah so he, he did that did have you seen the i believe in miracles of the nottingham forest one um don't think i have no documentary went about there when they won the european cup under brian clough and they yeah. he did one about wales at the last at the euros went in right. 2016 uh called coming home i think um and he's he's made some documentaries on wales for the BBC as well, if you like your Welsh football. Okay. Look out for that. So there's me, he invited me to, he made this kind of indie film with um, Martin thingy from The Office. Come on, right. Martin. Freeman. Freeman, Freeman, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Martin Roster on, on my <laughs> mind. So he, yeah, Martin Freeman was in this kind of mod film that, it, that Johnny Owen made. So he invited me to, to the premiere in Manchester and he invited some sort of, Famous Manchester people along, so Sean Ryder came along, and also the singer from Northside. Do you remember Northside? I, I do. Um, I do remember Northside, and um, again, I'm gonna make sure I don't get this horribly wrong. Um, wasn't there a tragic? I don't think it was the singer. Wasn't there was the guitarist? Um, was tragically killed when he stepped in front of a bus in Stockport or something. 
So it, was, really it wasn't them, but I know what you mean. Yeah, it wasn't Northside. Was think. it North Northside? Okay. It was uh, like Northern Riot or something. Northern it? Riot, yes, possibly. Yeah. Northern Uproar. Northern Uproar. Northern Uproar, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so you remember, yeah, yeah sorry. So, That's right. Um, yeah. Northside fans, don't uh, panic. But um, uh, yeah, I do remember Northside. Shall we take a trip? I remember that. Yeah, time. that was the, the sort of, um, when was it? So about 1989, 1990, when it yeah. was sort of that Manchester baggy yeah. indie rave scene, uh, yeah. they had Shall We Take a Trip? Yeah. Uh, so the guy who, who called Dermo, uh, yeah. so he came out as well. So a nice little photo of that. Um, uh, why have I gone to that? No, so I've, I've Bez, not. I was suggesting Bez as your yes. um, song, but uh, no, you've um, not gone down that route, fortunately. We are going on flights of fantasy. So yeah. um, who won at uh, this course last time? It was. Garrick Higo. Yeah. The only other time I've had Garrick used in a sentence is the Garrick Theatre in London. Okay. Uh, which, which puts on musicals. Yeah. Uh, so they put on a <laughs> they put on a musical. You'll you'll know it or, or a, a sort of West End farce called No Sex Please We're British. Yeah. 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 Um, and as a, as an as an aside, um, one of the stars of, of that was Ronnie Corbett. <laughs> okay. It sounds like one of Ronnie Corbett's stories he'd tell at the end of the uh, yeah. episode when he'd be in his yeah. chair and go off on the tangent. But yeah, I, I'll I'll never forget the time. So yeah. All that sort of business. Um, but at the 2018 Open Championship, uh, I bumped into Ronnie Corbett um, on the practice day. I think he's a member there, right? Uh, so I had my picture taken with him. Uh, Matt Cooper took a picture of me and Ronnie okay. Corbett, uh, and he's he's. You know, when you say you think people are small, he's tiny. Yeah, yeah. He, like, genuinely tiny. He looked like a sort of CBeebies yeah. character. You, you must be the only person out there, Dave, who has a photo with, unless I've got myself muddled here, a photo with Ronnie Corbett, Bez, and the lead singer of Northside. Or did you, did you not get your photo with the lead singer of Northside? Yeah, it was Northside, but Sean Ryder rather. Yeah, than right. Bez. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. not pure. Yeah, yeah. Sean Ryder. Sorry, not Bez. So, so that's quite a collection of photos, anyway. Yeah, and then um, on that on that Bez night, just yeah. jumping back on that Bez Sean Ryder night, not not Bez night, the Sean Ryder night. Yeah. Johnny Owen, who made these films, he's yeah. he's married to Vicky McClure, you know, the actress. Right. Well, as in um, uh, the God, um, Line of Duty. Yes. Yeah, yeah, famous yeah. actress. So yeah, she yeah. was out as well on that night. So I've got a nice yeah. picture. of her with Matt Cooper. Oh, lovely, wow. lovely. They were top, lovely people. Yeah, wow, 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 wow. So, anyway, so anyway no sex, please, we're British. Where does yeah. that lead us? <laughs> so, um, yeah, where does that leave us? Um, to a song, I think. Are we going to get so it? The, so that was written by a guy called <laughs> Anthony Matt. It was written by two guys called... Uh, it was it was like a West End play, but it was based on a book by um, written by Alistair Foote and Anthony Marriott. Right, we're, okay. we're getting there with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Marriott, where does that leave me with? Well, uh, not the hotel, hotel chain, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> with Steve Marriott from the Small Faces, um, one of my favourite kind of sixties bands, um, yeah. the Small Faces. Yeah. Uh, so it was just a case of. Um, Trying to get the small faces in, basically, somehow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll go on well on Martin's podcast. What the heck? Yeah. Uh, you could have just said Bez has got quite a small face, you'd noticed, or something, Christian. Yeah, I was thinking, but, yeah, that but, cut to uh, the chase uh, yeah. by doing that. But mm. um, their album, Ogden's Nut Gone Flake, which was always um, 
mentioned by uh, cyclist Bradley Wiggins as his favourite um, Small Faces album. Uh, there's an obvious one on there called Lazy Sunday Afternoon. You'll know yeah. that one, won't you? Yeah. yeah. So Lazy Sunday, watching the golf. But yeah. I, it's a bit of a novelty song that one. So I, you know, I wanted to pick the best song I know. So yeah. um, I picked the song called Afterglow. Uh, which is a brilliant song, um, an afterglow uh, yeah. to, to to try and haul it back towards yeah. golf in the afterglow when you've picked a 33 to 1 winner. Um, you might feel or some an 80 to 1 winner in the shape of Bez. Uh, you never know. Yes, well, that would be perfect, wouldn't it? Um, also, funnily enough, a little um, aside on afterglow. This is full of asides, isn't it? Mm. The, the lyrics to that, when you listen to that song, um, he goes on a. He, he mentions the phrase "in and around us." So I think you know that's now popular manager speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You see, so many managers saying, uh, "Oh, in and around the penalty area." In and around has become a real yeah. sort of vocal sort of catchphrase, doesn't it? Yeah. But that, the the small faces say "in and around you" um, in afterglow. So if you're wondering how that, I'm sure it didn't come from there, but it's a phrase I thought was a. A modern thing that had come up in the last five years, but they mention it. There you go. Uh, Excellent. And I thought yeah, that I had. I, can't, I, can't, I don't think. Were you the guest the week um, where uh, I think you might have been the guest where where I picked something out of Parks and Recreation, uh, Park and Park and Recreation Connection, the comedy show, and you, my guest had never heard of the show, which made it fall somewhat flat on the face. Were you, do you, are you familiar with Parks and Rec, the US? I've heard of show? it. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's so like a, so I, I picked politics um, thing. Is it politics? Uh, work, well, work, no, working because actually have these things. In America, the parks and rec departments of the local right, yeah. they're dealing with parks and recreation, and it's set in a fictitious place called Pawnee in Indiana. Uh, yeah. And um, uh, anyway, um, one of the characters on there uh, quotes uh, "Neutral Milk Hotel" quite memorably in one episode. Oh, yeah. so, yes. so I um, I went with a "Neutral Milk Hotel" song on the basis right, yeah. of um, uh, um, Patrick Rogers coming from Indiana, I think, or something like that. Uh, and um, it might have been you, whoever the guest was, I never heard of. Parks and Rec, or wasn't familiar with that tune, or or, or what have you. So, um, but so I thought that was the most tenuous link we've ever had. But I think I think you might have just taken the honour there, there, Dave, for the most tenuous link of 2022. But I'm quite happy to have it because uh, I enjoy it. The small faces. So, um, yeah. So let's just let's t let's work out how do we get there. So we've gone Garrick Higo. We've gone Garrick Theatre. No sex, please. We're British. So the guy who wrote that. Uh, whose surname was um, Marriott. Marriott to Steve Marriott from yeah. the Small Faces. Yeah, but that's possibly possibly a longer chain than the Buzzcocks one. Yeah, well, if you had chosen my final selection of the week, um, which is um, for those who are still with us, is our final pick for the week, um, which is Alex Smalley. Then you could have just had the small faces that way, you say, with Smalley. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but my final pick of the week is Alex Smalley, and and I was a little bit wary of this one because I mean. Kitty Armour is obviously a winner, uh, a proven winner, and has threatened to win. Uh, Keith Mitchell has has won at the Honda in sort of the highest company or in big company. Uh, Smalley is obviously not quite in that league, and it always makes me a little bit wary because, you know, you'd like to think your player could win, and realistically, I can't see Alex Smalley winning this, obviously. Um, but um, 
Uh, he was a little bit bigger price-wise, 150 to 1. Uh, and you can get seven places at 150 to 1 as well with, with William, William Hills. He certainly could earlier on. Uh, and um, he's just someone who, again, doing my research, I'll be kicking myself if he placed and I wasn't on him because uh, he sort of leapt out at me with his, um, again, with the Kerala's link, which really does seem, as I say, to tie in here. Uh, and then his performance in Scotland, where he was 10th and he was higher up the leaderboard than that, at, um, certainly going into the weekend. Uh, sixth place in Mexico. Mexico. Uh, he's strong from tea to green. Um, he uh, went to Duke uh, in uh, North Carolina. So uh, we've got that Carolina's link. Uh, and uh, obviously, as you say, you talked about the, um, I mean, it's not from um, North Carolina originally, but uh, uh, obviously you talked about, you know, your sort of um, your, your Doc Redmonds and Chess and Hadleys and what have you who performed well here. So, um, so uh, and uh, he's strong obviously from Tita Green. I mean, he's a highly thought of young young player. He's certainly going places. I just think winning this is obviously a bit too much of an ask for him at this stage of his career. Um, but um, yeah, uh, he, he just sort of, you know, a lot of things came up for, you know, mainly with the correlating tracks, obviously, and uh, being being a strong tee to green player. Uh, he was over in Japan, but he played pretty solidly in Japan. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, he he, um, he he struck me as someone who's a live outsider for a place and say so you could get seven places. Uh, he's certainly a player on the up. Um, and, um, uh, you know, he has, um, as I say, he the Scottish Open was obviously a strong field, and he certainly mixed it there for uh, two or three days um, before finishing tenth. So, uh, so, so I thought he was worth risking. And um, as I say, I'd be kicking myself if I hadn't risked him uh, with his second place at uh, the Corrales and two other top twenty fives at the Corrales as well uh, when he wasn't a full tour member. Um, so, um, yeah, um, he was my final selection. That's Alex Smalley. Uh, not the small faces for me, but I've gone with a. Slightly less tenuous link, but pretty straightforward one. I've gone from Alex Smalley to Alex Turner uh, of um, uh, the Arctic Monkeys. Um, and um, uh, we seem to have a bit of a sort of sex thing going on this week, week Dave, because obviously you've gone, uh, you've had the buzzcocks out there and um, no sex, please, with British. Um, I've uh, gone for fluorescent adolescent. Um, yeah, okay. which, uh, 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 no other reason. The fact it's one of my favourite Arctic Monkeys tracks. I don't, I don't really go for them. I don't know where you stand on the Arctic Monkeys, but um, I'm uh, a fan, yeah. I, I'm a fan, but um, I, I sort of, the, the best stuff is to me the, first album of the second album and um uh you know i think it's a bit ironic when on the first album you had like fake tales of san francisco which is probably my other favorite track of theirs and it's very much you know sort of this be about sort of sticking to your roots and what have you and uh, and the, the late the later stuff seems to have gone very much down the sort of hanging out in it la trying to be a little bit different type sort of thing so uh uh and uh you know, I'm sure a lot of people prefer it, maybe the earlier stuff, but it's it's not really really for me. So um, um, so um, yeah, that's my final musical pick. Um, fluorescent adolescent by the Arctic Monkeys, um, and uh, it's in honour of Alex Smalley, who's my final selection. So um, well done if you stayed with us through this uh, tenuous journey of music and golf selections. Um, uh, normally now I'll be throwing out the free bet, but um, I completely forgot to plug it this week because I'd had such a hectic day and I'm still on the back of a house move, boxes everywhere and all the rest of it. So uh, so I completely forgot to fl plug it until about six o'clock this evening, and um, uh, therefore there is um, not many takers for it because I didn't give it its normal 
double plug. So there's no free bet this week, I'm afraid, which probably saves saves me a fiver because um, uh, we get to have a winner on the free bet. I need someone to back a winner because obviously if um, uh, if you have the winner, then um, it's uh, in traditions a free bet. Uh, uh, the winnings less less the stake, but uh, obviously if it's a loser, it costs me the stake. So come on, guys, next week let's uh, let's get a winner. Uh, I need a winner through this year on the free bet, but no no free bet this week. Um, uh, so um, yeah, let's have let's have a recap, Dave, of um, uh, who we gone for. So run run us through your um, your players first of all. Your bets. Yeah, so my players are uh, T- uh, Tyrrell Hatton, uh, uh, forty to one. Brian Harmon, I think seventy was the best you could get, and Christian Bozadenhout at eighty to one. Brilliant. And for me, there's five. Uh, Hovland at 25s, uh, Jordan Spieth at 33s, Keith Mitchell at 100s, Kirk Kitayama at 125s. They're all fifth first six. And then Alex Smalley at um, 150 to one, fifth first seven. Um, and your tunes for the week. Do you remind us of those again, Dave? Just before I give you those, um, just um, you, you know, I've been going off a bit on this. So, so when I, you put up Keith Mitchell, yeah? Yeah. So, um, I've said this before. So there used to be. Um, do, do you remember Rick Mail's character Kevin Turvey? Uh, I remember the name. I can't remember. Can't quite remember yeah. the character. It, was, it was like a sort of like yeah. it was like a brummy kind of like um, reporter. Okay, uh, with a brummy accent. But on one of the programs, um, the little skits he did, there was a a character played by Aid Edmondson. who was Rick Mail's sort of sidekick yeah, yeah, in yeah. lots of TV shows, like The Young Ones and yeah. and Bottom. And uh, this sidekick was called Keith Marshall, and the song was called Keith Marshall and His Musical Anarchy. So whenever I hear Keith Mitchell, I yeah. can't stop but sing Keith Mitchell and His Musical Anarchy. Right. Okay. So... And to 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 bring that round, I was gonna if I was gonna pick Keith Mitchell um, in that same Kevin Turvey thing. Kevin Turvey does a um, does a cover version of Downtown by Petula Clark. Okay. And in that video, playing the maracas is Robbie Coltrane. Oh, good. What a sad thing that was that he passed away. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, you'll remember the sort of five go mad and all the. Yeah. Yeah. um, Or the comic strip presents. And obviously, most people will know him as Hagrid from Harry Potter. Yeah. He was a a great character. Um, So somehow, but I haven't got that in, but at least I've mentioned him. So. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I'm not. I've, I've got to be honest. I've never actually watched a Harry Potter film, so uh, I've. Um, I don't. Although I know he was in that. Obviously, I don't. Don't you remember him from that? But I certainly remember him from. Um, um, God, I, I remember him from that. It's gone completely out of my head. Uh, where he's fit, fit cracker, yeah, cracker. Uh, and of course, but my favourite. Um, um, Sort of memory of him will be uh, Doctor Johnson in Blackadder uh, with his um, uh, with um, uh, with Doctor um, doing the dictionary. Um, you, you must have seen that, so, yeah. Is it? Um, do you know that uh, sketch? I should be. Which, which Blackadder series was that? Uh, it would be two, possibly, yeah. uh, where he comes in. It is Doctor Johnson, I think, um, who he's written the dictionary, and he comes in and says, "I've, uh, uh, I've um, finished this." book i've been working on for you know <laughs> yeah. 20 years or whatever and uh uh it's a, it's a book of every single yeah, yeah, word yeah. in english language and uh uh Rotten atkinson says something like well that's uh greatest con- congratulations to you or something <laughs> obviously uh, yeah, starts yeah. making up a pile of words but anyway um it's much better watching it than me repeating it but um uh yeah he was fantastic obviously um yeah very very sad loss as you say he was fantastic 
So, um, but um, yeah, you were, did you recap your tunes? You were recapping your tunes for us. Um, what, what are your yeah, tunes? Yeah, so uh, my, my four tunes, um, Gene for the Dead, because of, well, I won't go into why, but I'll just say that. Gene yeah. for the Dead, yeah. <laughs> The Fall, Victoria, The Buzzcocks, What Do I Get, and The Small Faces, Afterglow. Perfect. And my tunes for the week are um, we had um, The Who, I Can See for Miles, in honour of um, uh, Keegan Bradley coming from Woodstock, not the Woodstock, but uh, Woodstock. Um, we've got um, uh, Ronnie Jordan, not Ronnie Johnson, uh, and The Jackal, uh, in honour of CJ in the West Wing. I should be posting a click of that, clip of that on, on from YouTube on, online over the next day or so. Uh, and um, then I've gone with Sunshine Smile by Adorable, uh, the best band on creation ever, according to Alan McGee, in honour of Victor Hovland. Uh, and then fluorescent adolescent uh, by um, the Arctic Monkeys from um, uh, second album. I think it's the second album. Favorite worst nightmare. Uh, Alex one from Alex to one another. Alex another Alex and Alex Smalley. So it's, it's um, funny. People will look at <laughs> look at the Spotify list and think, what? What have they yeah. got to do with? <laughs> I, I, I think people have long gone, gone past that point, but uh, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, it's a cracking selection of tunes, which is what it's all about. So, yes. um, so um, Dave, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure to have you on. Um, really enjoyed um, uh, rambling off on all different tangents, chatting <laughs> to you, and uh, um, uh, we won't uh, talk uh, much more football. But I'm hoping the mighty hammers can get one over on your team on on, on Wednesday. But yeah, uh, well, yeah. I, I hope that's not the case. Yeah. At all. But, yes. Well, thanks for having me on again always good it's fun it's been a um, pleasure remind the listeners where they can find you um find your stuff yeah so on twitter um at dave tindall golf and that's kind of like a a hub of where i'll put various golf previews up that my betfair one is already up so that's uh that's there then i'll be doing a um a one on where are we we're in um back still in spain aren't we in the dp world tour yeah, so yeah i'll crack on with that tomorrow uh, for, for my wsn column which yeah. i pick out uh, a win bet a 72 hole match bet they do do particularly well i must uh, blow my own trumpet there they mm -hmm. tend to do pretty good and uh, a top 10 bet so that's that's my, the one area where you can sort of get my uh, dp world tour picks brilliant uh, well, as I say, it's been um, fantastic to have you on, Dave. Uh, we'll be back next week. But uh, in the meantime, good luck with your bets this week. Bet uh, responsibly, of course. Uh, and um, enjoy the music. And don't forget to turn the playlist up loud when you're listening. So um, uh, thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you all again next week. Until then, good night. <laughs>